The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hello, I'm Dr. Michael Mosley, and I want to let you know about my new immersive BBC Radio 4 podcast series, Deep Calm. It's all about how to tap into and activate a remarkable system that we all have, hardwired, inside of us, our relaxation response. And it's been developed to be listened to at any time you want to really unwind. I hope you'll listen wherever you get your BBC podcast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is Holden with and it is the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. The Broncos have their first selection in the 2022 NFL draft tonight. We'll talk about who that could be. We'll look again at the numbers on Bet Rivers because they have that bet that they'll take a defender, a defensive player first with their first selection. And guess what? Those odds. Uh, You better have gotten in when I got in because the closing line value, there is none. Also, Ryan Edwards. Ah, yes, from KOA Broncos country tonight. He's going to join me. We're going to talk about tonight and who the Broncos are looking at. Excuse me. Battling this get daggum cold all week. Uh, AFC draft musings, the Chiefs, they had a pick. The Chargers had a pick. And I'm just LOLing at what's going on with the Raiders right now. This has to do with their draft back in 2019. Then I got to play on the Rockies, which I feel really, really good tonight as they come home. Boy, they have not looked good, have they? They've looked really bad, as a matter of fact, on that trip in Philadelphia. But let's get into this before we even get into the draft. My God, everybody hates the commissioner of their favorite sports league, except for the NBA. It seems like they like Adam Silver, but Gary Bettman and hockey always getting booed. Rob Manfred, I mean, I don't know if any, any fan base hates their commissioner more than baseball. But we saw last night at the draft, that NFL fan base hates Roger Goodell. (laughs) I mean, when you're the commissioner of a sports league, you kind of have to just know it goes with the territory that everybody's going to hate you because you are the representative for the owners and the owners of the dark side, okay? But boy, did they boo Goodell last night. It was kind of nice to see. I mean, if they were smart, they probably would have brought out like Wayne Newton or something. 
just so somebody would have and then again nobody under the age of 40 really knows wayne newton so i don't there had to be a better way of going about it than goodell coming out first and just getting booed like send a send a ringer out there send actually send somebody out there that people hate more than roger goodell i don't know who that would be but that would be interesting okay let's get into the front range for now just get off of that topic Four biggest stories in sports on the front range. And if you tell me as, as recently as last week, I took on Bet Rivers the minus 125 for the Broncos to pick a defensive player with their first selection. And I still believe that that is the way that it is going to go. There's just too much buzz going around this organization with they need a inside linebacker. They need a edge rusher. They need a cornerback. Yeah, they need a tight end. Yeah, they needed a, a, an offensive uh, tackle or guard. But I think the number one issue here is just continue to build this defense. You've got Russell Wilson. That immediately takes the offense to another level. Okay? So I, I'm staying with this on defense. Now, an offensive player, if you think they're going to take offense, that thing basically went from even money to plus 140. So if you're going to go against me, plus 140 is the play. I did bet on linebacker and defensive lineman to be the first pick. So plus 260 if you want to bet on linebacker. That's up from 240. So a little bit of money maybe coming in on defensive line at plus 275. You put both those together, you hit one of those two, you're automatically getting plus money. Uh, defensive back plus 300. And tight end plus 500. So if you think McBride or one of these other guys is going to drop or they trade up to get him, I don't see it happening, but I guess it's possible. Okay. Woody Page. Thank you for the content, Woody Page, by the way. Here's his tweet from yesterday. Don't know if this is what he thinks or what he, what he knows, but he says the Broncos will trade up in the second round to get a player they have listed as a first rounder. But there's nothing imminent, okay? He didn't say there's nothing imminent. I just said there's nothing imminent. Oh, uh, let's see here. Who could be those guys? Nicobe Dean, first-team All-American from Georgia. Remember, five Georgia players, five Georgia defenders went in the first round of the draft. This guy was, if not the best on his team last year, he was right there. Maybe not the top pro prospect, but I know a lot of people high on Nicobe Dean. I'm one of those guys. They both have first-round grades. I, I think I'm surprised that Dean dropped out. The question is, do you really want to spend the draft capital it's going to take? I mean, multiple two, second-round picks, probably a two and a two, and maybe even a three to move up to the front of the second round to get N'Kobe Dean, okay? I, I don't see it. I definitely don't see them trading up to get Trey McBride, a tight end with that first pick that they would want somebody that can help them immediately. And again, Albert O's here, I get it, but if you need uh, insurance for a pass-catching tight end, it doesn't happen. Kyle Pitts even struggled last year. He was supposed to be the greatest tight end prospect in the history of the world. Basically did nothing first half of the season. And for the full season, really didn't contribute too much offensively given the role that he had there. So. I still say they take the inside linebacker, Chad Muma, out of Wyoming. It's, it's, to me, between an inside linebacker and an edge rusher. It wouldn't shock me to see a cornerback. It would shock me if they went anything but defense, though. 
Um, back to Dean real quick. It's just a shock that he fell out of the first round. He's 5'11", okay. He's got short arms, okay. There's a lot of guys that are 5'11 that have short arms that have been terrific in the NFL. So, if they listen, if they go up and trade for Dean, I will come on this show Monday and I will be throwing a party. So, who could they trade up for among the guys that visited? You got the edge rusher out of USC, Drake Jackson. You got the cornerback out of Auburn, Roger McCreary. Those are two guys that you could see moving up for. But I just want to thank Woody once again for the content. I, I say they go Muma if he's there at 64, but the bets. For the draft, once again, I'm not laying the juice on minus 182. Hope you tailed me at minus 125. If you have no problem laying down minus 182, I think that's that's fine. Go for it. I just won't go past minus 130, 135 juice on this bet. Uh, let's go to number two on the front range for the four biggest stories on the front range in sports. AFC West teams in the first round. Chiefs look good. I mean, their defense uh, was a debacle. Well, especially in the playoffs, but uh, really the first half of last season, they got a cornerback out of Washington, the Husky Trent McDuffie at 21 overall, picked up their own edge rusher out of Purdue, George Carlefis, number 20 overall, did not address wide receiver. And I wonder what they do there here on day number two, because you got no Tyreek, what are they going to do? That wide receiver core is not anything to be afraid of with Hardman and Pringle and Valdez Scantling. I mean, at least they got Kelsey, but you would think they're going to address that here with their, their third pick. Uh, the Chiefs did trade up eight spots to select McDuffie, uh, and I think Karlaftis is going to fit in well next to Frank Clark. So I like what they did last night. The Raiders had no selections, just like the Broncos, but I do want to bring this up. This is hilarious. So back in 2019, I don't know how many of you remember this, and it was Mayock and Gruden with their draft, right? And they go out and they take Josh Jacobs in the first round. And this was, I don't want to say it was the beginning of the running backs don't matter, but it was really gaining steam three years ago. It's like, why are you spending first round picks on Josh Jacobs? Well, the Raiders just declined the fifth year contract options on all three former 2019 first round draft picks. Clellan Farrell, the defensive end, Jonathan Abraham, the safety, and Josh Jacobs, the running back. Honestly, it would have been better, at least for the rest of the AFC West, if, if Gruden stayed there. Their drafts were an absolute debacle. And I don't think they would have gone out and gotten themselves Devontae Adams either. Puts a little smile on my face. Especially there in Las Vegas, all the hot take Raider fans there. Uh, let's go to the other team, the Chargers. They took an offensive line, uh, lineman, Zion Johnson, out of Boston College. I like it. They had a hole at right guard. Uh, this guy could be a perennial pro bowler. So we'll see if they add to it because they did need to beef up their offensive line to protect one Justin Herbert. They got themselves Johnson. Maybe they go to right tackle next. So we'll see what they do there. Uh, that would be number two on the front range for the AFC West report, I guess. Um, but just to add on to this, and we'll go to number three on the front range for the four biggest stories in sports on the front range. Two AFC contenders got worse, <clears throat> I think dramatically worse offensively. Two of them. Now, who? before we get into the two teams, let's go look at the legit contenders, I think, to make the playoffs or to make a run. I think you've got in the AFC East, the Bills and the Patriots, and maybe even the Dolphins now. 
because they got Hill and Waddle. That offense could be pretty good. Don't know about the coaching situation there, but I'll throw those three teams in there. I think all four teams in the AFC West, that's seven teams, seven teams now. I think the Bengals, you got to throw them in there at eight. The Titans, number nine. So to me, there's nine legitimate contenders in the AFC as it stands now. Uh, you know what? I, I would throw the Browns in there. I just don't know if Watson is going to play enough games next season. There's got to be a suspension coming down, right? I don't know if he's going to play enough games next season to, contend, uh, to say that they're a legit contender. But the Titans, who had the number one seed last year, right? They were 12-5. and five. And the Ravens, who were 8-9 and nine and were big-time disappointments, boy, those two teams took huge steps back offensively yesterday. Ravens and Cardinals made a trade. Lamar Jackson, he, he tweeted out WTF. If you don't know what that means, go look it up yourself. If you're a kid, don't even look it up. It's like, what the heck? Um, he was not happy, and I don't think he saw it. And Hollywood Brown, that's Antonio's, what is it, his cousin? Yeah. Hollywood Brown was traded to the Cardinals. He was the deep threat. Now, I don't think he ever lived up to expectations in Baltimore. Uh, they were expecting him to be like the number one, just the super number one guy that leads your team. Uh, but he also was upset about the scheme and his role. So, boy, they do not have good wide receivers there in Baltimore. Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay are now one and two. So I don't blame Lamar tweeting WTF. And then the other one, the Titans, I know they drafted a wide receivers, but boy, A.J. Brown, one of the most explosive players in the National Football League, and you saw it on the draft if you saw it. That trade was announced. I don't know if Vrabel knew it was going down or what, but he saw that trade come up on the television, and he just started shaking his head and walked almost out of the room. Out of the room. He was frustrated. But the Titans got a first and a third for Brown. Wow. That's, uh, that's a big hit. I know they love running with Derrick Henry, but... He's got a lot of tread on those tires, or a lot, of, a lot of miles on those tires, not a lot of tread, and we'll see how the Titans do. I'm not uh, buying in on the Titans. So I think two of uh, the better teams in the AFC got considerably worse offensively. Last note, poor Aaron Rodgers, right? You used the Broncos as leverage, and now you, you got nobody to throw to. They spent their first two-round picks on defense again. So now Aaron Rodgers has Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. I mean, who has the, the worst wide receiving core between the Ravens, the Packers, and the Chiefs? Uh, the Chiefs, at least, I'll give them because you could throw Kelsey in that, in that mix. But that is not a good core. And the Packers, Lazard, Cobb, Watkins? Like, Sammy Watkins can't stay healthy. Lazard's nothing more than in a good offense, a number three wide receiver. Randall Cobb's a slot guy. I don't know what they're doing. Who cares? Aaron Rodgers in here. And then the Ravens, I mean, maybe they just keep running the ball. They got J.K. Dobbins coming back, but ugh, Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay and nobody else. No bueno. All right, let's go to number four. Number four on the front range four. The four biggest stories in sports on the front range. The Rockies. Ugh. Ah, they lost 7-2 in Philly yesterday. And they were absolutely embarrassed over this four-game sweep. They were outscored 32-9, to and it was every game they just had multiple errors. They were horrible, just horrible. 
And I get it. They're on the road and they're not as good a team on the road as they are at home. But the things that we were worried about happening to them are starting to happen to them. First of all, they couldn't hit on the road. They surprised us a little bit in Texas. Then they go, they couldn't hit on the road. They scored two, three, three, and one run during this debacle of a four game set there. They just can't score. Now they come home. Maybe that changes a little bit tonight. I'm not so sure. So in game one, they had three errors against Philadelphia. I thought of all the games, that was probably the sloppiest. And Ryan McMahon is straight struggling right now. He's just, the dude has no clue what's going on in the field. So they had two errors in the second game. In a game that they scored three runs. And the bullpen got destroyed. And even John Cruck, the Phillies announcer, was like, all right, whoever's coming in next for the Rockies, get ready because they're going to get completely blown up. And they did constantly. Like this bullpen, which looks so good for the first 14, 15 games this season, just completely imploded. And then another two errors yesterday. So what is that? Seven errors in four games. And they had the errorless game in game number three. And that was a game that they still lost seven to three. So defensively, they're a total mess. 15 errors this season. Seven in the last four games. They were outscored 32 to nine in the four game set, but at least they come home tonight, Reds and Rockies. A lot of wind, folks. And I'm going to say this right now the wind is probably going to have a big, big impact on this game. More on that in just a second. Senzatella on the mound against Hunter Green. We know Senzatella is good. Number two starter here. He's probably number three starter behind Freeland and, uh, and Marquez, but he looked good. Um, Hunter Green, former number one overall pick. Big fan of this kid. He averaged 100.2 miles per hour on his fastball in his big league uh, debut. 39 pitches, 100 miles an hour plus. In his second start, he was down around 97. But this kid, boy, he is fun to watch. Here are the lines on Bet Rivers. Plus, there is a special. Let me get the special out of the way here. Charlie Blackman recorded an RBI in the Rockies to win plus 330. I mean, if you think Blackman's going to get going, that's fine. That is not a bet that I am interested in, though. Um, do I think the Rockies win? They're playing one of the worst teams in baseball. I mean, the Reds are really, really, really... They're probably the worst team in baseball right now. So, Rockies minus 122 in the money line. You think the Reds could come in here and win plus 104. 155 on the run line. So, that means that the Rockies would have to win by two runs or more. And the total's 10 and a half. Okay, so here's a little more on the Reds. Worst team in baseball, three and 16. No other team in baseball has less than six wins. They are three and 16. They are one and 14 in their last 15 games. <laughs> and in their last 15 games, they've averaged 2.67 runs per game. They did score a little bit over the last series, but they're 28th in scoring at 3.11 runs per game, 30th in ERA at 5.83. And let's face it, the Rockies are a much better team at home. 60% um, of games in baseball. Let's talk about this total here, 10 and a half. 60% of games in baseball are going under. The ball just isn't flying, okay? Everybody I see is, oh, baseball stinks this year. Baseball's the worst. The ball isn't going out of the park. We're getting three, two games. And you would think, maybe, maybe because they're in cores, things will change around because of elevation. Well, it's April. I mean, the weather isn't great here. When it warms up, the ball really, really flies. But the weather tonight, 
upper 50s, winds blowing in at 25 miles an hour. So I came up with a bet for you. I got a bet. Laid it down this morning. Same game parlay. Do I know if the Rockies are going to win tonight? Do I, I don't feel that great about it. They're playing bad baseball. Cincinnati's playing bad, bad baseball. So let's, let's take the Rockies plus a run and a half. They could actually lose this game by a run and we'll take under 12 runs. The line is 10 and a half. I just bumped it up to 12. Let's get really freaky here. Rockies to lose by a run or less or just win plus an under dozen runs at Coors Field with the way offense has been so far and Senzatella versus Green. Yeah, here's my same game parlay. Rockies plus a run and a half under 12 runs at Bet Rivers plus 110. Next on the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Ryan Edwards. Broncos country tonight. Let's get into the Broncos and the draft next on the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Welcome back to the Denver Cast, presented by Bet Rivers, as promised. Ryan Edwards, KOA. I'm going to let him plug all of his stuff because him and Ben have been doing a great job. Every Monday through Friday, I got to check out the draft stuff here too, especially with the Broncos pick tonight. Ryan, welcome back to the program. First of all, thank you. Second of all, plug everything you're doing. Let's get that out of the way now. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on as always. Yeah, so Broncos country tonight is weeknights from 6 to 9 on KOA. As always, we have the podcast because like the Rockies are on right now, so it's a little bit of a mixed bag on when we're actually on each night. So I just tell people, hey, we put up a two- to three-hour podcast every single day no matter what. So uh, even if the Rockies are on, we record that. So they can go check that out uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Also, I'm on Twitter at Radio. So I will not be doing a show tomorrow. So I will be listening to what a podcast of yours or are you guys on live tonight? The Rockies are home. So probably a podcast, right? Yeah. Well, no, we're going to be on live tonight um, because they're actually going to, it's a little bit of a, not, not to make it too complicated. So we're on our sister station, 630 KHOW, um, but people can stream that at KHOW.com slash listen. So we're going to be on from six to 11. I mean, well, five to 11, but you know, like we're, I'm specifically on a six. So, um, all the way to the end of the second round, uh, they can listen to that. But we are going to post it after the fact on the podcast. So if for some reason people are like, hey, it's Friday night, I have plans, you know what, catch up with us tomorrow. And then tomorrow we're going to be on um, the whole thing, 10 to 5. Um, yeah, and, you can, and again, we'll post it all up in the podcast too if people miss it. Beautiful. Let's get into this then. Okay. So I guess we can react to round one and then we'll get into what the Broncos are doing. But overall thoughts on the first round, I mean, I'm just looking at it saying, boy, if they didn't get Rodgers and Wilson, it would have been bad. Like watching the first round last night would have been bad. Didn't watch as much, woke up, saw everything that happened. What were your takes? Um, And I'll just lead you this way. I thought the Chiefs had a nice first round with a corner and an edge rusher. And the Chargers got someone to protect Herbert. So those two teams did well in the draft. But your thoughts on round one? Yeah, I mean, it it was, you know, there's definitely some ebbs and turns, let's say, uh, especially in the teens, right? I mean, 
seeing Marquise Brown traded, uh-huh. seeing A.J. Brown traded. Those were certainly highlights of the first round. I think anybody coming away from this thing, that was a little bit unexpected. Only one quarterback going, Kenny Pickett going to the Steelers, who we thought they were going to take a quarterback. They did. We thought it would be Malik Willis because Kenny Pickett might be gone, but uh, Pickett was there, so that was the only quarterback going. I agree with you. The AFC West teams definitely improved. Uh, I, Zion Johnson was my favorite interior offensive lineman, so mm. I was uh, a little bit bummed that he went in the AFC West, but it's a good pick there for the Chargers. The Chiefs got my favorite cornerback. I didn't say he was my top cornerback, but my favorite cornerback in Trent McDuffie, trading up for him. And then George Karlaftis, that's just too good a value there at 30 for the Chiefs. Uh, the Jets had a good draft. I mean, you know, everybody's celebrating the Jets this morning. It's a rare occasion for them. Um, but, yeah, Sauce Gardner, not, I'm not the biggest Sauce Gardner guy, but he was, you know, it made sense to where they took him. Uh, getting Garrett Wilson at 10 instead of using that pick to get Debo Samuel, I thought was actually the smart play. And then finally trading back in for Jermaine Johnson uh, was a good move for them, that guy that was sort of a borderline top 10 guy. So, uh, overall, though, you I mean, know, it was – it was definitely an action-packed draft. Lots of trades. I think it, it set a record for NFL draft trades. Eighteen. Um, yeah. So uh, it was. It was definitely uh, a very busy, entertaining first round, and I'm looking forward to day two. You know, I wonder how long this trend lasts. Right? Eighteen. So it's pretty excessive. <laughs> there were multiple teams without a first-round pick, but there's just nothing. You could take away and say, oh, the Broncos shouldn't have given this up for Russell Wilson. It really was their first round pick last night. And it's spectacular to see how they got this great quarterback to change this franchise around, to turn it around. And all you had to give up was a first round pick where what? Uh, The guy would have been probably an impact starter from day one, but not as important as Russell Wilson. It was kind of nice to see last night. The Broncos not having a pick, to be honest with you. I'm 100% with you. I mean, you even think right there where the Seahawks took Charles Cross, and I think Charles Cross had a Mississippi State as a starting offensive tackle. But understanding here, how much does that really move the needle, even if you do basically lock up your starting right tackle right now? Uh, I mean, you know, how many wins does that really add? And then after that, look, there's a lot of talented players, but there was three straight wide receivers taken. The Broncos were not going to take a wide receiver. A defensive tackle, which I like Jordan Davis, but again – maybe not the best fit or what they're going to be trying to do. I mean, I think actually he would have fit, but the point being here is like, how much does that move the needle? I like Kyle Hamilton, but your, your point is 100% spot on. The conversation would have been about quarterback and they would have had to take Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis there to really justify because everything else behind that pick was not nearly to the same level. Okay. So we've got that going on. Let's talk Broncos. The overwhelming odds have them taking a defender with their first pick. A um, lot of moving pieces here. I don't know what it means that Woody Page came out and said they're going to trade, going to try and trade up to get a first round grade. I don't know um, as far as the position goes. I, I do know that linebacker is the favorite, uh, followed by defensive line and then cornerback. So let's get into all this. First of all, Woody came out with the tweet. I mean, are you buying into this, or was this just him saying, "Oh, I think something's going to happen"? Well, we checked in with the Broncos on that, and there's nothing imminent, as in they yeah. haven't they haven't decided anything yet. I, I think the way that it lines up, there's a lot of talented players that are going to be available. The Broncos will see probably about I don't know seven to ten guys that they had quote unquote first round grades. I mean, you know how it is. Like any player you ever get in the draft is the guy we targeted all along, but. Um, I, I say for, for Woody's point, it's like, yeah, there's going to be an opportunity there. 
And, and, and certainly there's an opportunity because George Payton already showed us he likes to target guys, especially here in the second round. I mean, we have a very small window to see what George Payton likes to do, but he traded up in the second round last year and he traded back in the third round. So things are lining up for the Broncos to be able to do that. It's just sort of a matter of they see a guy that they, they can get in range to get, or are there several players that are sliding to them close to 64 where they can either say, we'll have the pick of who we want or we'll trade back and get a couple of these guys. So the, the way I understand it is they have made calls. They understand what's in front of them and what these teams are looking for, and that's about it. I really do think it's defense, but let's talk about offense real quick. Is Trey McBride a guy that is on their radar? Would you spend that first pick you have on a position that notoriously does not make an impact, at least from catching the ball in year number one? Talk to me here about McBride and really them going offense with their first pick. Do you think it's going to happen? Well, I'm a little biased as a CSU Ram, so you have to understand that when I'm going to talk about Trey McBride is from a, a completely objective uh, perspective. <laughs> so uh, Trey McBride, I, I am a big fan of his. Uh, I mean, he had 90 catches in that CSU offense that was just terrible last year. Uh, the fact that he only had one touchdown is an abomination. He still won the Mackey Award, you know, 1,400 receiving yards. He was just an incredible, incredible talent. I, For me, I would feel comfortable spending that pick on Trey McBride, who I view as the unquestioned top tight end. Now, it doesn't mean that there aren't tight ends in this class that I would be accepting of, but I think Trey McBride can be that kind of player. That being said, I'm not desperate to pick Trey McBride at 64. I feel like you could get talented tight ends throughout. I think Jelani Woods from Virginia in that case sort of fits the bill a little bit. Trey McBride is the complete package as far as I'm concerned. Um, and and that, that would be a good pick. Offensive tackle uh, would make some sense here for the Broncos if one of the guys that they prefer to see. Again, I, I'm still surprised Bernard Ryman's on the board as we're talking right now. Uh, Abraham Lucas would be great there. He's right tackle there at Washington State. Uh, Nicholas Petit Ferrer from Ohio State. There's just plenty of talented offensive tackles the Broncos could fall in their lap. And if they don't like one of those top three guys, again, into day three, I think there's going to be some good players there that are developmental and they're not desperate. So if we're on the offensive side of the ball, tight end, offensive tackle, I guess you could consider here um, maybe a wide receiver or a running back, but I don't I don't really feel as though once you brought Melvin Gordon back and you, of course, have those contracts that you got done with Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, unless you see somebody there that is just like, oh, my gosh, I, like a Christian Watson somehow slips down to 64, yeah. I, I just don't see the reason. Okay, so let's talk defense then. <clears throat> Muma's still my guy out of uh, Wyoming. I just I think it fits perfectly. If they've got to move up a few picks to get him, that's fine. Um so talk to me about the defensive side now and some of the guys that you think, I guess I'll call them your player pool, guys you think that are in that range that they would pick up. First of all, who would you want them taking if they stay at 64? And then maybe go down some of these defensive players. Yeah, well, I'm a big Chad Muma fan as well. I mean, it's, it's hard not to like uh, his range, uh, his tackling ability, uh, absolutely flies around the ball. You know, I mean, this was one of the, the hot topic debates of this draft is, you know, it, I think Devin Lloyd's extremely talented, and I think he does put himself a notch above some of these inside linebackers, but I don't think it's significant. So I feel like you could have gotten a Chad Muma, a Troy Anderson, even a Christian Harris. I mean, there's there's so many talented inside linebackers. Of course, N'Kobe Dean is still out there. I'm, the Broncos aren't going to get him, but 
the point being is is you can find talented inside linebackers later. Even Darian Beavers for me into day three, I think, is an interesting conversation out of Cincinnati. But yeah, I, I think edge is is going to be one of my top priorities if I'm trading up. Um, I'm going to go try to go get Arnold Evacati and see if I can get him from Penn State because I think that guy is 100% the truth. And if I'm moving up, I'm going up for one of those guys that I just, listen, 100% could have gone in the first round. Shocked he's still there. That's how I feel about it. Uh, but there's a lot of good edge, uh, that, that a lot of good edge, edge talent that's available. Um, you could luck yourself into maybe a Travis Jones, even though that may not be the best fit. But the point being, defense for me, I'm 100% with you on that. That's the direction I'd probably be going. Okay. So let, me, let me ask you about Baron Browning then. Isn't he working exclusively at edge? And what would that mean for the draft then? Do you think he stays at edge if he's working exclusively there? And if he is, why do they go out and get another edge? I think they like the versatility and the options. And I think they want to see him there. This okay. is also... I, I believe it's relatively fluid with Baron Browning. I had a chance to actually talk to him this week for a little bit, and he feels really excited to be playing outside linebacker and getting some opportunities. I think they view him in a bit of a Micah Parsons kind of situation where they can rush him towards the passer, but they know he has the talent and the speed and the athleticism to go away from the ball too. So I think they just like they like his versatility. It's just more ways for him to see the field. And the fact remains their top two pass rushers both come in with injury question marks. So you you really you can't you can't be satisfied there because the two most important positions in football are the quarterback and the guy that affects the quarterback. And right now that for me, edge rusher, it has to be one of your top priorities still. Okay. So when it's all said and done, let's all put our hats on. We'll all be wrong and that's fine. But who's the pick? If it's 64 or higher or lower, who's the pick tonight? Well, I mean, again, you know, if they stay on Pat, okay, let's just say they, they, they stay where they're at and they decide not to move around. My co-host Benjamin Albright's been big on Nick Benito uh, out of Oklahoma. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think he's, uh, you know, a good high motor, um, intense athlete. I, I, you know, his physicality is just, it's just really impressive. He's a little bit raw. But I, I love what he brings. I like Josh Pascal out of Kentucky. So if we're going to go edge rusher there, that I think is going to be in the range. I think Kingsley and Igbari from South Carolina is going to be available there. So these are just some of the top guys that I think are in that range. Not just saying that has to be that, but you know, again, it, it, it's so tough to know what where the runs on players are going to be as we sit here and it's at the end of the draft. If they're going to trade up, like I said, my guy would be Arnold Evacati. Uh, if, if for some reason they could trade up for a cornerback, I think Roger McCurry at Auburn, Kyler Gordon at a Washington would make a lot of sense. And we don't know how far Andrew Booth out of Clemson is going to slip because of the sports hernia surgery. Uh, there were conversations about him going to the first round. It didn't happen. I think he gets taken here. Same thing with like David Ojabo. But, you know, those injury stuff, some teams have a little bit of a, I'm not so sure. And all of a sudden, David Ojabo or Andrew Booth are, are sitting there within 10 picks. I'm, I'm having a conversation about moving up for one of them. All right, I got two more things for you. Special teams have been a, an absolute debacle over the last at least three years. You know this. Uh, what can the Broncos do? Is there going is there going to be action here in the draft? Or what are they doing to help, to fix this? Besides for bringing in a new head coach, thank God, or a new special teams coach, thank God. Well, they're they're trying to. You're right. I mean, the, the design of it here going forward with Dwayne Stukes is 
they want to inspire guys to want to play special teams, right? So they're they're not all, they're they're bringing a little bit of a motivation there. Day three picks tend to be special teamers. That's just mm-hmm. like that's where you, that's how you get on the field as a day three pick. So you got to be a good special teams player. You got to be willing to play that and work your way onto the offense and the defensive side of the ball. They could decide to get like a Marcus Jones at a Houston, who's a cornerback and he's a returner. And if they decide to do that, that wouldn't be pick 64, but say like maybe third round, fourth round, that would be that conversation where you get a guy that has that ability. I think that's a little bit, and I'm glad you brought it up, it's a little bit of an underrated part of the Broncos' struggles. They don't they don't have really anybody that scares opposing teams at returner. They don't have anybody that can flip field. They don't have anybody that you have to game plan for. They haven't had that for a long time, and it's it's not to completely say that it's it's on the players that they've had, that it's Deontay Spencer's fault or something like that. I think it's just schematically. I think it's coaching. But that's that's something that they absolutely have to address, and Deontay Spencer isn't on this roster right now. So they've got to come up with a plan or at least show us a plan of what that looks like. So <laughs> I'll say this. When handicapping football games, I think one of the bigger mistakes people make as they don't take special teams into account. Because how many games do you think over the last three years the Broncos have lost because of special teams? Oh, my like goodness. Like, it's a handful at least, yeah. right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I could think back to a couple of years ago at the Kansas City game when they were here in Denver. You know, the Broncos were, were kind of keeping that – keeping the team, the defense was keeping the team in it. I mean, Patrick Mahomes had, like, one passing touchdown in that entire game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did not have a great game. But they gave up um, – well, they gave up pick six. They gave up a punt return touchdown. Like, they just didn't – they just kept – given themselves no reason whatsoever to stay in the game. And even this last year on the road against Kansas City, um, you know, they had a, a special teams fumble. Deontay Spencer had a fumble right there and gave the ball back to Kansas City in the red zone. So it's just like, yeah, 100% special teams does not get talked about enough. Okay, last thing for you. Uh, how do the roles change if they do with Gordon coming back with Javante? Is Javante like the 1A now and Gordon's the 1B? How do things pan out, do you think? That's my expectation. I you know, we talked about it on Broncos Country tonight as a 60-40 sort of kind of thing. But but see, for Javante Williams, he's going to have to also show that he's going to take that next step. I don't think they're just going to give him that. I think that's one of the reasons why bringing in Melvin Gordon makes so much sense because uh, you have expectations of guys doing more of their sophomore season and so on, you know, and even into their third year. But sometimes it doesn't really click like that, and sometimes they, they have a regression. So Melvin Gordon, we know what he is. We know what he brings. The way they were talking about him in the press conference, Justin Outen talking about him in situational roles, a third down guy, short yardage, that's a perfect role for Melvin Gordon. And that's a great spot. But you can also know he can be a bell cow guy if needed. Javante Williams needs to become the bell cow. But in the interim, they can keep him fresh. This is a team that has expectations beyond December. And the last thing you want to do is is run Javante Williams into the ground over the course of the season and have to be starting Mike Boone in the postseason. That's no offense to Mike Boone. It's just an acknowledgement of running back position gets banged up, and now you have at least a running back by committee where maybe both guys are available to you when you hit the postseason. I mean, I know that there's a lot of Broncos fans that don't want to hear this, but 15 touches is probably uh, what you want Javante getting, 15 to 17 max. Because if you get to the playoffs, and all of a sudden he's touching the ball 20-plus, you're staring down 375 to 400 touches, and that's how guys break down. Well, it's it, as simple it is. As that. And he's, you know, he's he's a young, he's still a young back. So there's just, but but again, his physical nature, right? The way he physically runs the ball, it's it's just one of those like those hits do take their toll on you. And even if he 
has these wow breaking tackle moments and he's going to have more of those this upcoming season you you still also want to look at the other side of that of, of okay when do I re- you know I need those now to get the wins that we need now but I also need him to be able to do that for us later on in the year and boy that that for me is 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 got to be part of the conversation and that's probably why they brought Melvin Gordon back at the price they did all right, so tonight, everybody's looking for draft coverage for the Broncos. Plug it one more time, my friend. All right, yeah, so uh, tonight, I mean, again, you know, follow us on Twitter at our average radio at Albright NFL, but we're going to be on tonight till the end of the second round, um, starting at 6 o'clock when the Rockies go on at KOA. We're going to be on our sister station, KHOW, 630 KHOW, so you can listen on terrestrial radio, or you can stream at KHOW.com slash listener on the iHeartRadio app. That's probably the best way. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Mr. Edwards. I do appreciate it. It's always good catching up with you. Yeah, man. Anytime. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks to Ryan. I'll be back on Monday with a Broncos draft recap and a whole bunch more, including the Avalanche getting ready for the playoffs. We know what's going on there. So a Stanley Cup playoff preview and a whole bunch more coming up on Monday. Thanks for checking out the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers.